0: Well, I'm ready, and that's all that matters today. Hello, Internet, and welcome to another episode of Geek Fanthology. Um, so, yeah, hi, I'm Neil. Um, I don't have Ben or Mike or Wookie or anyone else with us today. Um, we couldn't get together for a regular episode this week, so instead you are going to get another of my top ten lists. One of these days I'm going to get top ten lists from everyone else, too, but, uh, right now, you get this from me. Um, still to go ahead and, and cover what news I can remember from the week, um, I can't remember. I was a little bit distracted. Um, I'll start with what I was geeking out over. Uh, This week, I have been playing the new Path of Exile uh, expansion, 3.0 dropped. uh, The Fall of Oriath. It's really good. Um, It's kind of been consuming all of my time and attention. So, uh, let's see... Yeah, we're recording this from the computer today, so... Um, Can't remember really anything important that came up. Um, But then... I'm... uh, Meh. Sorry. Sorry. I only half pay attention to the news, and I have been distracted this week. Uh, Path of Exile, 3.0, Fall of Horiath, It's really good. You kill gods. It's not really a spoiler that's been in their promotional material. Um, for those interested, uh, my starter build uh, was a is a well was is. A Righteous Fire uh, Chieftain, running uh, Scorching Ray as my uh, 6-link, and Righteous Fire as my 4-link. Yeah. Wow. Um, Why are the top 10s always so so short? Uh, Well, um, it's because I don't have anyone to vamp off of, mostly. We're not going to bother with interstitial music or anything along those lines. We're just going to, because I get my notes out, we're going to just go straight into my top tens. Um, And this week, I'm going to be listing for you my top ten favorite anime. I'm going to be trying to expound upon why I like these anime as much as I do um without giving any spoilers if possible if there will be spoilers i will try to uh i will try to tag them i e say spoilers uh there may be some things that are minor spoilers that just kind of slip out uh, if that happens i apologize i'm doing this very much off the cuff so yeah number 10 one punch man uh this is the newest anime that's on my list um i i'm uh, i'm an old weeaboo an old otaku um i get into the classics a lot more one punch man though is freaking great um but i've been reading the manga too um but we're just going to be talking about the anime anime is gorgeous. Uh, thank you. I believe it was studio madhouse that did it. Uh, let me check that to the internet. I have a loud keyboard. Yeah. It was studio madhouse and madhouse has done a bunch of my other, a bunch of other anime that I've really loved. Um, Wolf Children, uh, Black Lagoon are standouts that I've seen and actually own Black Lagoon um, on Blu-ray. It was I actually owned it on Blu-ray before I had a Blu-ray player. That was how much I like it. And yet it's not on this list. Um, One Punch Man is kind of amazing because it's a almost perfect deconstruction and then reconstruction of the sort of prototypical shonen anime where you know you have these people who end up with ridiculous godlike powers and thank you plane flying overhead okay yeah um <laughs> uh ridiculous powers and and you know but but the enemies are just as powerful and you know this massive war of escalation. I was actually on the fence between whether I should list one punch man or one piece as my ten as my number 10 as a sort of my guilty pleasure favorite anime. Well, I'm not guilty about either of those. They're both really good. Um, because they're both kind of equally ridiculous, but at the end I had to give it to one punch man. Uh, Saitama, uh, the the semi eponymous figure is a hero because he has nothing better to do. Um, and he is so overwhelmingly powerful that he defeats all of his enemies in a single blow. <laughs> um, and also has some really interesting sort of uh, commentary on you know what is the purpose of power and you know what does it mean to be a hero, especially if you get into the into the manga or into season 2 which is supposed to be coming out sometime next year um, because one because Saitama is completely completely just bored and suffers really kind of a certain amount of ennui over it all because there is no there nothing is a challenge nothing can hurt him he gets punched a few times by, you know, beings that have, you know, cratered buildings and cities, and he gets hit, he doesn't even move. Sometimes smoke comes off of his head, um, but that's really just from friction and the fact that it's raining. Um, <laughs> he is completely, completely un, un- unescapably powerful, And he's bored as all hell because of it. And it's hilarious because of that. There are no stakes. Uh, (laughs) Which is kind of, uh, which is, you know, it's a complete uh, reversal of how things usually are. Which I think is just kind of hilarious and awesome. So, yeah, One Punch Man, number ten. Number nine, Steins Gate. Um, so spoiler alert for a number of my uh, uh, favorite anime. A lot of them, and by a lot of them, I mean, okay, two of them are based on visual novels. <laughs> Uh, a number of anime that didn't, that just barely didn't quite make the cut, um, are on, are based on visual novels as well. I really, really like Steins Gate, um, and yet I'm having trouble thinking of things to say about it. Give me a second again. It's been a while since I've watched it, is the problem. Uh, so I gotta remember names of people, etc. Um... (laughs) <laughs> yeah Okabe. Rintaro Okabe. I love this guy. Um and and props by the way to, to J Michael Tatum the voice actor. Uh, he just delivers on that character so well as this crazy mad scientist of <laughs> of just epic proportions. He is he is such a Huh, such such a force of personality that uh he's just great and 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 everybody loves Kyrie she's not Kyrieen Karen that's her name right uh, yeah yeah yeah, uh no not Kyen me- Mayuri. man i I can't remember people's names for the life of me um I suck at this whole reviewing things <laughs> um but no I and yeah Mayuri... Everyone, you can't help but love Mayuri. She's just awesome, and she has this dark and troubled past, and then then things happen, and I'm trying to say... I'm trying to talk about these things without having too many spoilers. Um, In fact, I'm going to go in and re-record that I'm trying to do this as spoiler-free as possible. Um, And so I can't say much except... It's an anime that involves time travel and how um, CERN is trying to use the Large Hadron Collider to take over the universe. That's kind of spoilery, but not too bad. Um, And, yeah, it's just man it's it's a thing and it's got this really kind of touching love story too in it um and you know it's it's God damn it's hard to say this it's hard to talk about this without spoiling it um but it I mean, see stein's gate um it, it it's it's totally totally worth it um yeah. Um also the opening is really cool. Um God, I suck at this. Yeah. Um What else to say about it? Um it's the the, the character the, the people are based out of Akihabara, so if that's interesting to you, there's that. They go to a cat maid cafe somewhat frequently. Um It's it's really bizarre and do have another bizarre one coming up here a little bit later in the list too that uh oh man but we'll get to that um <laughs> but yeah um Steinsgate super good anime um see it watch it love it yeah number 8 The first of, well, many anime that um, I initially saw on Toonami um, that are on this list. Outlaw Star. Um, Outlaw Star is... um, It's a lot like um, if Firefly was an anime without the, uh, well, uh, it's kind of like Firefly if it was an anime and less of a Western and more of a space opera, uh, but there's still a lot of, of very recurrent themes that are similar from Firefly to Outlaw Star. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And, um, yeah, it's it, a lot of people are gonna be like, yeah you just like a bunch of things around on Toonami." Well, you know, that's because Toonami had good programming. Um, you know, it being on Toonami is not an, an not an instant uh, seal of quality. I mean, they had Hamtaro for Christ's sake, but although Hamtaro was kind of fun in its own right, it's just how completely stupid it was. Um. Well, yeah, Outlaw Star was really solidly good. Um, I really kind of wish that they uh, had gotten the second season that they had really kind of set up for after the first season. Uh, I mean, the way, the way the season ends, which this is not a spoiler, just the season ends with a, and the story continues um, t- uh, ending, essentially. Um, our main characters go off to continue having adventures is the way the anime ends. Um, it looks like they really had set up really well for a second season, but they didn't get enough ratings to get renewed. At least that's my theory. Um, and part of the reason for that is my number one anime, but we will get to that when we get to that. Um, also just, man, uh, the music. This is, uh, there's gonna be a very common theme in a lot of my, uh, in a lot of the of my lists, and that is that the music matters a whole lot, um, and the the very like it's very rock centric most of the time, which really you know pumps and ha- and you know has things going feels good, um, and then like the closing theme uh, Melfina's song, man I love Melfina's song. Um, I used to know how to sing it in Japanese. <laughs> Um. And it's just not spoiling things, um, but yeah, um, it's good. A lot of a lot of things. I'm gonna it's gonna come down to man. It's good. There are some really weird things in it too, like um, Fred Lowe the. <laughs> uh kind of stereotypically flamboyantly gay uh financier uh and he's played for laughs but it's really kind of kind of amazingly uh cringey um which is just grand and oh, man and and it's one of the few anime I've seen, uh, that gets space battle kinda right, um, and that is, there's this problem with space battle that a lot of people don't, uh, don't really think about or talk about too much, and that is that, uh, in space, um they didn't they don't get inertia right no space anime has ever gotten inertia right but one thing they do get right is uh, the fact that it is is the concept of being able to fight in all three dimensions uh, as opposed to sort of on a level plane you get the people attacking from below people from attacking from below or <laughs> below Wow from above um. And, yeah, they don't get inertia, right? They hand-wave that with, we've got magic retro rockets that work real, real good-like. But, you know, is what it is. Uh, (laughs) Because, honestly, if you did space combat completely and absolutely correctly, it would be boring. Boring. Or way too complicated for anyone to enjoy. What are the other? So yeah, but Outlaw Star, Star, uh, really good. Love the characters. Um, question that comes up a lot for um, a lot for me, um, and a lot for everyone is subs versus dubs. Um, and we'll go back here a bit. Um, for me, it really depends on the property. Um, most of the shows I'm listening here, I actually prefer the dub. Um, with the exception of, uh, one, two... The exception of three of the anime on this ten anime list, I actually am prefer... uh, The the dub is preferable, in my opinion. Um, not to say that the, uh, that the sub isn't, you know... Not not to say anything against the the subtitles, but... (laughs) I like dubs a lot. Man, I left out... Um, consider, by the way, uh, Bacchino, uh, n- uh honorary number 11. I completely forgot about it when I was making this list. Um, that's one of the few shows where the dub is intrinsically superior to the sub, in my opinion, because people talk with, you know, uh, Brooklyn accents, and it makes people, uh, you know... What, you can't really have the Japanese say, man, it's lucky nobody got dead when you're dealing with mobsters. Um, so, yeah. Sorry, that, that, that's a big tangent, I know. I just thought of Baccano again. I love that show so much. Why didn't I include it on my list? Um, but, yeah. All Star, uh, really good. That was only number, goodness, uh, seven, and we're this far in? This might be a full-length episode yet. Wouldn't you hate that? Number seven, Read or Die, the television series, not the OVA, although I like the OVA a lot, too, but that's not the one I'm going to be talking about today. Oh, man, Read or Die the TV. Um, First off, damn it, Aniplex, losing production rights, so I can't buy this. Luckily it's on Crunchyroll but once he, but there it's it's sub only. I like the dub a lot. Um I mean, the the sub's good too. Like I said, ne- never take anything away from the sub. But for a but when I first saw it, I saw it dubbed. And as a result, even if like we're we'll, we'll going to gonna get to another anime here later in my list, where the dub is actually not all that great, but I, can't, I can barely watch it subbed because I am so used to the dub that it sounds weird if I don't hear it with the dub. And I kind of have that same problem with uh, with, with Reader Die. Um, Read or Die, the TV, um, picks up some unknown period of time after the OVA uh, ended. Uh, but the OVA did, in fact, occur in the, uh, in the TV series. So it's a continuation. Um, and it focuses on three um, sisters who are paper masters. Um, and essentially what that means is they are, if, you, if you've seen Avatar The Last Airbender, they are paper benders. Um, and if you think that that is, can't be badass, um, oh, it can be. Um, you know, when you can make a sword out of paper and, you know, you know brings new meaning to the word paper cut, obviously. Um, <laughs> or, you know, make giant birds out of a couple dozen books. Um, well, actually, probably a couple hundred books worth of paper uh, and fly through the air to stop a, uh, to stop a transatlantic, uh, a transatlantic, uh, airliner. Uh, <laughs> oh man, it's, uh, it's so good. Um, and it, it's, it's one of those anime that gets a bit weird too. um, Because it's all about how, it's all about these books that, um, it's a spoiler, damn it, um, well it's about books that are super important, we'll put it that way, and by super important I mean, yeah, fuck it, this is a spoiler, but uh, it's about books that can rewrite and reshape all of reality, and spoiler, um... If you have all of them, of course. It's a it's a it's a fetch quest by Guffin. Um and it's about our characters who want to keep those books from falling into the wrong hands. Eventually. They find out about them about halfway through the anime. Um But just mmm and, and okay, and the opening. Um The rest of the music is not, it's not really too much worth writing home about, but I am a sucker for a good jazz opening, and the opening for Read or Die the TV, look it up, it is, it is solid. For that matter, look up the whole, the whole damn series, like I said, it's on Crunchyroll. Um... It's not in HD. I'm sorry, those of you who are definition snobs, but uh, it also uh, was released in 2003, and HD wasn't that big a thing back then. It was kind of bleeding edge, and not everyone was producing in it yet. Um, if anyone's ever listening to this and they want to get me, like, the best present ever, um, the box set of Read or Die the TV, yeah, I'd, I'd take that. You want to waste a lot of money on a present to a random internet person? I know people do this. I'll set up a P.O. box. But yeah, uh, (laughs) yeah, begging for internet stardom. It'll happen eventually, I'm sure. Um, But yeah, um, read or die. um, You will never look at a paper cut the same way again. We'll put it that way. Number six. Ghost in the Shell. The Standalone Complex. Uh, We're counting both first and second gig here because they're really just more of the same. Um, So if you listened to our Ghost in the Shell episode where we talked about the movie and we talked about the OVA, um, you will know... That I really like, Ghost in the Shell. I own the movie, and recently um, I picked up Blu-ray uh, box sets of uh, Standalone Complex because I found them on the cheap at a store that did not know what they were worth, and I am not going to tell them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Standalone Complex. Uh, Standalone Complex is my favorite iteration of the Ghost in the Shell universe. I still haven't watched Arise and I don't know if I ever will get around to it. Um, but I've read the manga, I've seen the movies, and I've seen the an- and I've seen the uh the Standalone Complex anime. The anime is just really good because you get uh interesting because it's it's a lot like the first movie, but longer and with more uh you know more opportunity to have interesting philosophical debates about you know the nature of you know what what is a human and also you know what value is money and um and, and like you know the hell that is war um and just like you know the meaning of family, it's, what, you know, what is, what is the quantification of a soul? Uh, it gets pretty deep, uh, but that's because it's, you know, the premier transhumanist, uh, anime as well. And also, it gets some damn good action scenes. This is where I build up, built up my ideas of, you know, uh, Aramaki being the magnificent bastard that he is, who just happens to you know know everything. Um, there's uh, there's a line in the first episode. This is a minor spoiler, but it's not too big. Um, they're talking. Th- th- he's talking with the with a cabinet minister about how it's odd that this thing that he got uh, that he got you know. Um, Governmental approval to do happened so rapidly. Um, <laughs> essentially with a nod to and a nod and a wink to, you had this moving before before you had permission, didn't you, you old man? Um, and his response is just simply, well, that's section nine for you. Uh <laughs> um, because section nine is is the unstoppable intelligence force, and thank God they're on our side because if they weren't on our side, we would all be screwed. Um, when Kusanagi's, uh... When Kusanagi's motif is a song... Oh, by the way, music by Yoko freaking Kano. Um, I love Yoko Kano's work. Um, there's another anime with music by Yoko Kano coming up. Pretty much probably anyone who knows me knows what that is, um, but... Uh, we'll get to it but yeah music by yoko kano i love the the opening for both of them i think although i think that the second one um, arise is uh, is probably slightly better uh, in terms of uh, opening themes but when you're but when when kusunagi's leitmotif for when she's doing Anything you know, like spy-like or sniper, or, or or anything. When she's doing anything, pretty much by herself, is this is this light with you? Where it's just like I can't be caught, except sung by a soprano instead of by me. Um, and it's just, and it's true because no, you you can't catch her. She is she she is perfect. She she wins. Um, and, you know, Saito is this total badass, uh, there's a scene that focuses on him where, uh, it turns out that he's, you know, because Saito's got a computer-assisted sniping, right? Except for when he doesn't, and he snipes anyway. Makes shots that are probably, that are supposed to be impossible without the aid of a computer. Uh, so, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Ghost in the Shell, standalone Complex, really great. I know, uh, Wookie really doesn't like the Tachikoma, uh, and their voice can, th- their voices can get a little bit grating, it's true, but the Tachikoma actually end up having some of the best conversations, some of their, uh, the episodes where the Tachikoma get around to, uh, talk about what is the meaning of existence, um... Are actually some of the most compelling episodes because it's it's written really well because it's it's written from the perspective of something that is convinced that it is not alive. And yet it's very plainly obvious to anyone watching that it is a living thing. Um, which is really just kinda cool. So yeah, there, there's um. Sandalone complex, really, really good. Um yeah, now in the next five, we're going to get into ones that I could really talk about forever. Um, I will try to keep things brief. So, yeah. Number six Ghost in the Shell, standalone complex. Gigs one and two. Count them both. But not Solid State Society. That kind of sucked. Yeah. Number five Serial Experiments Lane. Serial Experiments Lane is a complete mindfuck. And it's really hard to say anything about Serial Experiments Lane without getting into spoilers. I will say this. Um, This is one of the few shows that I actually do prefer uh, subbed over dubbed, uh, on this list. Uh, we're going to get to another two here in another, in in a bit, but, um, because there are three shows on this list that I prefer, uh, dubbed over subbed, uh, subbed over dubbed, and this is one of them. Um, to try and give a good example of what a mindfuck Serial Experiments Lane is, there is a point In the last episode of the series So, spoilers, I suppose Um, Not huge spoilers, but spoilers Because there is a point where Lane, the main character Talks to the audience of the show And... Admittedly, when this particular thing happened, I was very tired and had spent the the entire day watching the entire series in one sitting. But when she did this, when she addresses the audience, when she starts trying to have a conversation with the people watching her... It took me about a minute and a half to realize she was not actually talking to me. Keep in mind, she was speaking Japanese. Now, I actually speak a fair bit of Japanese, and there were subtitles as well, but it took a bit to realize that the main character had not become sentient and was addressing me, Neil, the guy watching the show. That is how much of a mindfuck Serial Experiments Lane is. And it is so very, very good. It plays with concepts of silence and and white noise, and oversaturated colors, and undersaturated colors. It is a feast for the eyes and ears. And it will make you doubt your sanity. Um, <laughs> or at least it will make you doubt reality. Um, it's an anime where you... Are forced to wonder, by the end of it, what is really truly real. Um, if you have problems, like if you have, uh, if you if you have mental problems with that sort of thing already, you might want to skip this one, because it can in fact. ...potentially cause you to have a nervous breakdown. I actually have a friend who... um, ...loves the anime now, but but before... uh, ...but a while back had that very thing happen... ...where he got to the end of the anime and, like... ...got kind of panicky about... ...you know, um... What is, you know, is this, is this the real life or is this just fantasy? Um, <laughs> um, man. Yeah, I, I very, very highly recommend Serial Experiments Lane to anyone who wants to have their concept of reality challenged. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good way to put it. Number four, Mobile Suit Gundam Wing. I feel confident in saying that there is absolutely zero controversy in my stating that Mobile Suit Gundam Wing is the best Gundam series of all time, and I realize that there is a lot of people that would argue that fact, but fight me, bitch! Um, Gundam Wing is so good, so amazingly good, that I have bought it twice. Not because it was, like, not because there's a Blu-ray re-release, um, there's a couple shows that I will buy again because there's a Blu-ray re-release, we'll get to that, but because I owned it and I lost it, and I lost my copies at some point in a move. And then I was at VisionCon last year. And Scott McNeil, the voice actor of my favorite character from Gundam Wing, Duo Maxwell, was going to be there. And I really, really wanted his autograph. Luckily, there was a vendor there who was selling the boxed sets of Gundam Wing, and once again, at an incredibly good price. Uncredibly, um, I do have this tendency to buy things when they're undercosted. Because I got the box set for Gundam Wing. Bandai Entertainment, by the way, doesn't make DVDs anymore. And they own the rights to all of Gundam. And this guy was selling both box sets because it's, it's 52 episodes long. It's, it's a double series. He had both the box sets, and I got them both for $100 in total. Which meant I could then take the one to Scott and have him sign the cover of the cooler-looking box set. The one that also has, you know, Duo's face on it. And he signed, Hey Neil, the god of death is back from hell. uh, Which is something that Duo Maxwell says and is a really fucking badass line and... Ah, very happy. Um... Gundam Wing is an important anime. Now to uh, to back to back down from my uh, from my fan wankery there, um, it has it actually informs some of my political opinions, or at least my opinions about warfare. Um, I try to keep this this anime from getting uh political as often as this anime I try to keep this podcast podcast from getting political, but this is actually this is something that that is tangentially related um and I catch some flack for uh, i I understand, but um I am very much against the use of unmanned drones and the reason for that is because of reasons that are explained better in the anime. I think that unmanned drones are problematic because they um, they, they, reduce—they remove people from the equation of war, Um, which, yes, it's great because that means that our guys stay alive. I understand that. The problem is maybe they shouldn't. Because if if it becomes just a matter of how many drones can we make to win a war, we are much more likely to want to go to a war. Um, And because, after all, all it's going to cost us is money and drones. Who the hell cares what the human cost is on the other side? Um, Drones... Uh, And this is something that gets explored heavily in the anime, which is why I'm talking about it. Drones dehumanize the conflict of war. They make the price of war less costly, which in turn makes war more likely, more glorious. Um, Because, after all, we can win this war and none of our men will ever die. Uh, Wherein... The other point that the anime tries to make is that war is an abhorrent abomination and should never happen. should be avoided um, at all costs, which is my main actual, which is my main opinion about warfare in general as well. Um, and it war should be costly because that way we're not likely to want to do it very often. Which uh, is cool, and it's a, and it's a thought process that I didn't really have until um, immediately. I, I saw I saw Gundam Wing initially when I was still in middle school, and I didn't really think about it back then. But then I watched it again when I when I, when I was in high school, um, and I was starting to get a little bit woke, as the as the people would say these days. And I realized that there is actually a really deep, um, like. It, it, it's there, there is a strong argument to be made, um, by that anime against, uh, against the use of, of unmanned war machines. Um, and yet it's also kind of ingeniously creative because it allows, uh, allows you to blow up a lot of machines without having too many people actually die in the anime. Although there's a lot of people who die in the anime too. Um, Yeah, Gundam Wing. Um, now, I, I was being facetious when I said it's unequivocally the the best anime, the best Gundam anime ever. Um, there are really good things to be said about 08 uh, uh, MS Team. Um, about uh, Gundam Zero, Zero. Um, Mobile Fighter G Gundam is, is not my cup of tea because it's more of a super robot jo- uh, fighting genre than a. Uh, than a real robot genre like the rest of Gundam is. And, of course, there's been all, you know, there's been, what, how many years of Gundam? Goodness, how many? Gundam as a series has existed since 1979. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, Interestingly enough, Gundam Wing... Um, Mobile Suit Gundam Wing has ranked, as uh, ranked as the 14th, uh, let's see here. Sorry, looking at the, at the, um, in 2008, ranking of sales figures for anime sold in Japan from 1970 70 to 2008, um... Gundam was in four of the top five places. With Mobile Suit Gundam second, Gundam Sing, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Seed as third, Seed as, uh, Seed Destiny as third, Seed as fourth, and Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam as fifth. Gundam Wing ranked 18th. But um, still, I-, I have a very big soft spot in my heart for uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Wing. Um, not too big of the, of the after material, the novel sequel, like uh, Frozen Teardrop and, uh, and things along those lines. I did like Endless Waltz, though. Um, but yeah. Mobile um, Suit Gundam Wing. Number four. Number three. Clonade and Clonade After Story. I told you, we had another one that's from a visual novel. This is another one, by the way, that I insist must be subbed, not dubbed. Um, mostly because the voice acting for it is atrociously bad. Um, they they just completely, like... I i don't know what the casting director was thinking when they cast the person as Nagisa, the main female lead. Grr. convinced that if you watch clonade and you pay attention to it you actually watch it and pay attention to it if you are not moved to tears you don't actually have to cry but you need to have at least your eyes well up a bit if you are not moved to tears at least three or four times over the course of the series then you are not human It is one of the most touching and heartfelt and wonderful anime. And yes, there are some problems with it. Um, there, there, in the first series, there's an issue with a. Where, where it didn't quite know fully what it wanted to be, whether it wanted to be a drama that's really touching and important or a comedy. And so some of the comedy bits feel a little bit off, especially the girl with the. Who can't play the violin? Who keeps trying to play the violin and making a making a bad noise? That that trope goes on for like two episodes. It is not very good. Um, so there are problems, but I can't help it. I, I love Clannad so much. It's one of the few anime that you'll see also that. Um, that deals with, um, you know, these high school romances. Because it's a high school... It's a romance anime. Um, based off of, um... Uh, off of a visual novel. That wasn't an Arrow... It wasn't like an H Arrow game, but it was an Arrow game. You, you, The idea was to, you know... Was to seduce the waifu of your choice. Um, in the game. But... Uh, it wasn't an age game. It was tasteful. Um, there was no nudity to the, to the best of my knowledge. Um, <laughs> even though the game studio that made it are, is kind of famous for that. But that's beside the point. Sorry, I'm getting off topic. It's one of the few anime that deals with what happens when you fall in love in high school. Do you marry your high school sweetheart? If you do... What does that change? Um... as in After Story, that's exactly what happens. These characters that we've been watching, we've been seeing slowly fall in love, get married. At a young age. And... I'm sorry, that's a big spoiler, maybe? I don't know. <sighs> can't really talk about this one without there being a spoiler. Um... But yeah, they, they, and, and things happen. And, you know, there is drama because it's, you know, how do I, you know, how do we support a family? And, and, you know, what are we going to do? Especially when, 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 you know, Nakisa has health problems and keeps her from being able to, you know, work or things along those lines, you know, financial issues, you know, giving up your dreams to, uh, you know, giving up your, your, big dreams to be able to, you know, settle for what you have and things along those lines. It's a, it's an anime about growing up and becoming an adult. And it has one of the saddest moments in any anime I've ever seen in my life. That I will not spoil But thinking about it is making me sad um, Which then um, Turns into a, a, a they, they manage to make it into a happy moment At the end Well they don't, they don't make it a happy moment It's They, they fix the problem Clanot is one of the most bitter of bittersweet anime I have ever seen, and it has an ending uh, closing theme which is one of the cutest things I've ever seen. the uh, The Dango Daikazoku. Um just a little happy little song sung by uh, sung by a little girl probably, and uh, about a big happy family of Dango. Uh, dango are a uh, are. Their dango are a—it's a, uh, it, it's a uh, confectionery made in Japan out of uh, glutinous rice flour. It's uh, really uh, sticky. They're made with mochi. Um, really good too, but uh, yeah, um, and it's just so good and 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 i'm happy just thinking about it and i'm sad just thinking about it and let's let's go on to something a little bit more upbeat next number two azamanga Dio. okay so let's switch gears it's another slice-of-life anime. It's another anime set in a high school situation. Um, but instead of being realistic and happy and sad and full of ups and downs, Azamanga Daioh is weird. Azamanga Daioh is a surrealist slice-of-life anime. The only thing I've seen that's more sl- surreal than that is Cromarty High School. Cromarty High School, I think, is too surreal, though. Azumanga Dayo, I think, gets the balance just right. Um, um, and it, it is really hard to describe because surrealism. On its face, it is about a bunch of high school girls and them going to high school. But then you have to deal with the fact that one of them is a 10-year-old girl who is apparently a super genius, so she got to skip grades, which doesn't happen in Japan. Um, One of them is this tall, uh, tall, like mysterious figure that everyone is like, ooh, she's so cool, and, oh, I bet she's mean, or, man, she's so, Im- she's so intimidating. And she's super nice, and obsessed with all things cute and fluffy, and um, wants to be a veterinarian. And, oh, let's not forget, she tries to pet this cat every now and again, that, uh, it's a reoccurring gag. There's a cat that, um, that bites her. When it bites her, by the way. This is the surrealism coming in a bit. Um, its head uh, grows to the size of twice its, of twice the size of its body, so that its mouth could easily encompass, you know, like most of her forearm. Um, <laughs> there is a character who. Um the oh um this is actually kind of important. Um everyone is fam- a lot of people in anime culture are familiar with the concept of my waifu. That got its start in Azumanga Daioh. It's re- specifically in reference to uh, Kinomura sensei who is a horrible lecherous pervert. Because, of course, he is. Who apparently has an impossibly hot wife. Um. And at one point, the characters get to see a picture of her. And they say, uh, who is this? And he says, my waifu. Uh, because he says it in English. Um. Oh, by the way, watch this one in Japanese. Um. They screwed up chiyo and they re- royally screwed up Osaka. There's a character named Osaka. Here's the thing. Um, the Kansai dialect of Japanese sounds kind of weird to regular speakers of Japanese. And it has its own sort of diction and things along those lines. In anime... That's frequently uh, given an analog by having the uh, person that speaks with the Kansai dialect of Japanese speak with southern regional accent and affectation, y'all. Um, typically, actually, about try, they try to go for Texan, which I can't really pull off very well. I can do Louisianan pretty well. But, uh, at least a Louisianan dandy. But I can't really do a Texan. Um, they fuck up Osaka. She is from Osaka. She's from the Kansai region, but she never speaks with the Kansai dialect. And yet, for some reason, they in the in the in the dub they still do her up like a Texan. Which misses the point of the joke. So, yeah, uh, uh, subs only on this one, too, because of that. Uh, But, yeah, it's surrealist. Um, You know, uh, it's really hard to describe um, because it's completely out there but yeah um as a manga and my number one favorite anime is cowboy bebop there are a lot of things to be said about cowboy bebop i cannot say all of them Cowboy Bebop, by the way, is, is why I'm pretty sure Outlaw Star didn't get another season. They were actually happening at the same time, and Bebop was better. Um, Cowboy Bebop is even more Firefly in space. It is a space western. And it is the greatest anime of all time. And that's not just me saying that. Um, uh, If you do a Google search for the top 10 greatest anime of all time and go through, say, the top 5, 10 links... Um, we Bebop may not be at the top of every single one of these lists. But one thing you'll notice on almost all of them, except apparently, wow, the number one list. Screw you, the top tens. Death Note better than Bebop. Um, Death Note's good, but... Let's see, how far down... Okay, um... Cowboy Bebop consistently ranks in at least the top 15, um, but yeah, um, if you're looking at things where it's just, um, you know, your lists, um, popularity lists, the problem is Cowboy Bebop, the people who really, um... Want to? Who really think it's the best anime of all time? Don't bother to uh, vote on lists. But yeah, um, there's a lot of really good series um, on these lists that I'm looking at. But Bebop's on most of them, uh, and almost everyone who has voted says, "Why the hell is this so low?" <laughs> Um, best anime series of all time It has The best soundtrack Of any anime I've ever seen of all time That soundtrack Was done By Yoko Kano. It is eight CDs long. And yes, I have them. Including the Japanese only box set of five. Because they are that good. Because, and and yeah, there's a lot of remixes, and there's some that's like, you know. Uh, there's there's the live versions. It's all jazz. Um, my oh my! I could talk about Cowboy Bebop so much. Um, it's about a bounty hunting crew who are perpetually down on their luck, um, and it's like almost perfect. And the movie's really good. It's one of the few things where, like, the continuation media that got made is as good as the initial, uh, runs. Um. A lot of people are being like, hey, Neil, there's gonna be a live-action version of Cowboy Bebop. You know what? I think that could be cool. I think they're gonna fuck it up, but I think it could be cool. And if they get the soundtrack half right, it could be halfway decent. Um. Cowboy Bebop is one of the few series that, um, and by one of the few series, I mean it's the only series that I, um, have actively considered buying another copy of, even though I already know where my current copy of it is. Just because it got re-released on Blu-ray, got remastered, and got, an, and, and, got a, and got, uh, and got, and got retouched. I'm probably going to buy that box set next time I have enough money to spend on a box set. Um, That's how good it is. So yeah. um, Cowboy Bebop. My favorite anime of all time. Um, that, that's about it for the episode. We'll get my, we'll get the, uh, outro going here in a second. Um, do you feel like I egregiously overlooked anything? Um, let me know. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, we've got a comment section. If we're, if you're listening to this on, um, on Stitcher or iTunes, our website, workingtheoryproductions.com has a, uh, you can leave comments there. Or you can send us an email. Um, also, from our uh, from our uh, website, there's a contact us link. Uh, goes to my email address. And um, so yeah, if you feel like I did, like I, you know, what what the hell are you were thinking, Neil? Like, how could you leave out? I don't know. How could you leave out Dragon Ball Z or Naruto? Or One Piece. I actually thought about having One Piece on there. The reason I left out Naruto is because it's an okay anime. Yeah, I said that. I wouldn't say it's bad. I'd say it's actually quite enjoyable. But it's like saying, why would you not mention... Fast and Furious in the same breath. You would mention like why you why would you not mention the most recent Fast and Furious movie in the same breath that you mentioned Citizen Kane? Um, because there is a difference. But yeah, um, so yeah, if you have any if if you think I I egregiously let something out, or you just want to share your own list, please do so either on our website or in the YouTube comments. Um, this has been Neil with Geek Fanthology, Working Theory Productions, and, um, you'll hear from us next week. Um, two weeks from now, I think we're going to try to do The Defenders. Um, yes, because it will be out by then. Gonna see if we can't manage to try and get it all watched in the weekend before we, uh, before we're out of time, so. Alright, yeah, um, Later. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by a letter and a number. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm. and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin MacLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email or leaving us a comment. We read all of them. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us, either by donating at our website, or on Patreon at patreon.com slash workingtheory. A final thought. We are pre-recording this outro for use in emergencies if Neil cannot record the outro. As such, we are being vague. We hope you... uh, will I don't know, I can't even think of how to say this. That's how unscripted and unplanned this is, and hopefully you'll never hear it again. Bye.